0: Welcome to CEO Interviews, a production of GoreCon, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives about what's going on at their companies. Guys, if you're a fan of Web3, which means NFTs, cryptocurrency, blockchains, the entire metaverse, and that entire new world that we're now going into, you're going to love this interview with Matt Bailey. He's a CEO of Game Entertainment Technologies, trades in Canada under GET, GET, and for our friends in the US, GMETF. The description for the company that you need to know, Game On Partners, and we're going to talk about real results in a second. Partners with the world's best sports, media, and entertainment companies to launch brand-building and money-making Web3 prediction and fantasy games. Uh, They power the best content in the world uh, with the most innovative predictive gaming technologies, so they provide broadcasters, TV networks, leagues, tournaments, you name it, with interactive social experiences around sports, television, entertainment, and live events. This is the future of super fan engagement, more than just lip service, because a lot of people want to talk the talk in Web three. On the financial side, astronomical revenue growth with a million dollars expected in 2022. Partners include the likes of Comcast, NBC Universal, and Bravo, uh, and their white label projects have secured some pretty big uh, third parties, including. We're going to talk about more of these. Uh, MX Player, India's most watched. OTT platform uh, where they powered MX players cricket prediction game with outstanding results. Uh, Matt, welcome back, my friend.
1: George, it's been a while. So I'm good. It's glad to be back and to be chatting here for an update.
0: Well, especially given the fact that you guys keep evolving incredibly fast. The first thing I want to get to before we even talk about the, the evolution, some of the great announcements you put out is, Third, you know, now more than ever, results really matter. Q1 revenue was two hundred seven thousand dollars. I'm rounding there. That's up from about two thousand eight hundred in Q1 last year. Uh, and you say you're on track to reach a million dollars in to- fiscal 2022. What do you attribute that to? Because that those are real results at a time when a lot of companies are struggling. <laughs>
1: Yeah I mean it's it's we're right on track for the plan we've always had so you know 2021 last year was the year of building it was the year that we that we went public it was the the year that we raised money and we really focused on building out our technology we we transitioned at that time from a b2c company to a completely B2B business model where we're selling technology to content owners. So last year, that's what the plan was, just to build. Uh, Our expenses were a lot higher last year. Now that we've got our product built and we're just selling, uh, expenses are a lot lower. And we're starting to see revenue come to life in 2022. This was the year of gaining, uh, sorry, gaining and and gaining revenue, uh, but really scaling revenue. So not only starting, but but really scaling and increasing that as the year goes on. You're gonna see that as our our future quarters uh, are reported, especially in Q3 and Q4, when a lot of the deals were closed, finally come to life and we see that licensing revenue activated. So what we're seeing isn't a surprise, it's, it's always been the game plan. Last year was building, this year is scaling customers and revenue, we're going to keep closing deals and you're going to see more announcements around that. And then I've said it a few times already before in other interviews, but 2023 will be the year of profitability and self sustainability and we're on track for that as well next year. So. Uh, it's always been the plan, um, the proof is now coming in our, in our financials and our numbers. And although the, the market is really tough, we're really focused on fundamentals, driving the business, revenue and profitability. And, and in the end, at some point, the market will reflect that.
0: You know, Scaling is easier if it's something standard. You're selling accounting software, something that all of us are used to, but you're really breaking new ground. Uh, with this new world of, of super fan engagement. So you're not walking into companies saying, hey, we can sell you a widget and it's a better widget than Georgecom. So how are you guys able to scale like this? Because you're acquiring customers who are who are using your kind of products for the very first time, right? How are you guys so successful at getting that done?
1: Yeah, so the important part of scalability was the was the building stage. Last year when we built the product to be to turn from B2C to B2B, was turning the product into a platform. So while we're not a SaaS company, our revenue model is kind of SaaS-like. And to be able to scale that and, and drive revenue efficiently, uh, we need to be able to to reuse components. So for example, when we had a prediction game for the Real Housewives, and then had a prediction game for a different partner in in doing cricket in in India. Both of those leverage the same technology. The same with any of our NFT partners where we're sometimes designing, and minting NFTs and then wrapping uh, prediction or fantasy game layers around it. We're using the the same technology, the NFT marketplace, the prediction game, the fantasy game, our quest product. They're reusable. Uh, We're not building anything from scratch, which is really important in differentiating us from an agency or a dev shop to being a platform. And all of our products are built in the platform and and we piece together different pieces of that platform for the different partners. So getting to profitability next year uh, is doable without increasing the number of engineers or or product people or or increasing the team much at all. We can do it with our current expense expense rate, uh, which is really important to our success.
0: And the platform is one side, but then you also have the marketing side. so let's let's uh, let's wrap that conversation around a couple of great announcements you've made. One of them, for example, is Shibi Dinos, which is uh, one of the most successful ten k nft projects uh, launched to date. What are you guys doing there? How did they even find out about about, about Game on to begin with?
1: So they were our they were our first nft web 3 based partner. Uh, they they sold out their, you know out their nft collection their basketball themed dinosaurs that sold out in 18 minutes last year right when everything was kind of blowing up and and selling out but there was nothing you could do with these nfts there was no utility this is the big big problem and yeah, then they came to us and said hey can you apply your prediction game or fantasy game layers to our content nfts in the same way you do traditional content sports or reality tv and of course our, content, our, our technology is content agnostic, so it's very easy for us to uh, build an experience for them. And we, we've just launched a, a basketball prediction game that encompasses both NBA and WNBA and soon international leagues, where you'll be able to use your, ch- your Chibi Dino uh, to validate your ownership, connect your wallet, and achieve more Web3-based rewards, things like uh, the, their hoop token or more nfts and even buy rare and exclusive nfts in the context of a game. Uh, so you can actually go and play that, play that game. Let me just find the link for anyone who's who's listening and wants to actually go and go and play it. It's pickem.chibidinos.io uh, and that's an example of our NFT-based prediction game for for one of our partners. And to understand the the, the business model behind that they pay us a setup fee to get the product up and running. And then they pay us a license fee in perpetuity. As, as long as that product is live, they're paying us a monthly license. And then they pay us a, a, a revenue share on, on all of the NFTs sold within the game. And give uh, us so, that
0: URL one more time. We're going to flash on the screen in post-production. Give it to us one more time.
1: It's I Pick'em,
0: O. All right, we're gonna flash on the screen and make sure everyone goes see it because I want to go. By the way, did they come to you and say, Matt, we're at your mercy? Can you think of an application of your technology? Because this is a very unique application. Did they come to did they come to you and say, We got this idea? Or they ask you, you know, how do we use the technology to to, to do this? Because it sounds like you're coming up with the not not just the technology, but the solution also.
1: Yeah, they came to us and said hey we've sold out this collection we need help bringing utility we need things for our community to do they you know yes they can they can engage in a discord channel or they can sell their nfts on openc but how do we create meaningful utility and this is how we're doing it they're also creating a bunch of other games uh, not non-prediction fantasy games like an arcade-style game or a three-on-three game. They're building other types of games, and we're we're the first one to go live. And that's another advantage of what we do is because we're building at the platform level, we can be up and running with partners in a matter of a month uh, if it's if it's a really uh, simple integration. And they wanted something up and running quickly, while their other game developers take a long time to build to build more more uh, different style of game. So that's another benefit to our partners. We can be up and running really quickly and Chibi Dinos needed that. And we have a really great relationship with Chibi Dinos. They've opened up doors to other potential partners that hopefully we'll be able to announce soon, but they're, they're a great partner for us. And now, you know, them being the first, where 90% of our booked revenue touches the blockchain or NFTs in some way, shape or form.
0: safe to assume that maybe other big NFT projects, maybe apes, punks, or maybe... You know the, the the real big blue chip ones. Not that Chibi Dino isn't, but you know apes. We know that apes and punks are amongst the best. You know, any chance that uh, those conversations are happening, or you're going to reach out to them, or uh, what do you think? Yeah, we're having some conversations, but we're
1: we're more so we're having more conversations around those types of projects before they become that type of project. Because you know, like for example, board a board a club. They're they're building games and they can, because they've raised so much VC funding, they'll do that in-house. We're working with the likes of, you know, Tedavi is an example of someone we recently announced and and will have a product going live in September for a music discovery game where you're able to invest in songs by way of NFTs, unreleased songs, uh, songs you've never heard of before. And if you like the song, you invest in it and you get royalties based on how that song is streamed or goes up and down the charts in the future uh, that is essentially the game is building your own record label but there is true ownership you actually own the song uh, and you get real royalties paid in fiat and real money uh, for doing so for finding artists before they get big that is an example of a partner we're working with uh, that could be uh, you know how we plant our flag on the moon uh, we're finding and working with these partners before they become big and hopefully we're a part of them becoming uh, you know, a really big platform. And you know, we want to find our, our NBA top shot. Dapper Labs has NBA top shot as the project that really blew them up. We want to find ours that, uh, where, we, where we're invested in uh, revenue share, but also get licensing revenue and, and upfront setup fees. And they're the types of partners we're looking to work with.
0: And by the way, you're not just side note, you're not throwing out NBA top shot as a wishful example of something uh, you your team is was intimately involved with NBA top shot, uh, and you're applying that same know-how knowledge and skill to to game on, right?
1: Yeah, well, yeah, but, but this whole NFT direction wasn't us chasing a shiny object. Uh, our ch- our our chief product officer uh, who really was part of that building phase last year came from NBA Top Shot, he, he was at Dapper Labs. And when they said we need something for sports, he came up with NBA Top Shot, literally conceived wow. it. Um, you know, our, We have a, a, an advisor that's done a lot of stuff, uh, including like working with Boston Protocol, um, our, our, our former president and now um, advisor worked on grand theft auto. Um, so we come from games, we come from NFTs, we come from web three, and this is something that naturally, uh, the market has pulled us in this direction. And we're just, and by the way, that's,
0: that's what I love about game on, uh, despite the fact that the stock equity markets are in a tough bind right now. Look, Netflix down 70%, Facebook's down over 50%, Spotify's 60, 70%, whatever case may be. We've all kind of seen this book before, this playbook before where, you know, the market kind of corrects to clean out all the pretenders uh, and a lot of pretenders are gonna get wiped out, but it's the real companies like game on, right, Matt? That that not only survive, but thrive because yeah. you got real solutions for Agoracom. You know, you can provide a real solution to Agoracom help me generate more revenue as opposed to just being a pie in the sky white paper. So despite what's going on in the market, you know what level of confidence do you have today even more so than a year ago in game on's future in next 12 months and next 36 months
1: yeah i mean you know it's really i obviously think about this a lot being a public company now and it's kind of bizarre because we the business is infinitely better than what it was a year ago yet the yet where you know down whatever it is, 70, 80 percent, which is consistent with, as you say, with the rest of the market, but uh, we are in, in an infinitely better position now. Um, you know, we went through a rough market on the private side and during COVID. So yeah. I've been through this before. And both times you you kind of realize that this it's, it's, it is natural selection. It's survival of the fittest. It's, it's Darwinism for startups and, and business. And a lot of companies won't make it. Uh, but we will. We know we will. We're we're in a position where uh, we're burning very little because we're generating real revenue, uh, and we we recently closed a, a loan from a from a friendly of the business uh, that come that came through Victory Square Technologies. It's it's five hundred fifty thousand US. It's about seven hundred thousand Canadian. Yeah. And that number was very specific. We we took that number on purpose. One we took a loan because it's non-dilutive. We didn't want to dilute at these levels. And two, that's the number we need to comfortably get to profitability. And when I say get to profitability, we don't need to spend more money anywhere. We just need the time to keep selling at the rate that we already are, and we will get to profitability. If we can manage to sell at a higher rate, we will be be profitable early in 2023. If we continue at the rate that we are, we'll be profitable mid, 2023. So the number one goal right now is for us to get to self-sustainability and profitability, which means we will never need to raise money again. We will just raise money if we want to uh, for a strategic purpose. But for that reason, uh, I'm more confident than I ever have been of the business. And it's often hard as uh, even as an executive team or or as an investor, it's, it's hard to to kind of juggle the fact that business has never been better, but the market sucks right now. Uh, but you know, I I, I get solace in knowing that you know we continue to close business. We're going to get to profitability, and and the future will be in our hands.
0: And Matt, you know why it's not even that big of a concern. I mean, obviously you care for your shareholders. You're a big shareholder. I'm a shareholder, and you you it'd be nice for it not to be the market not to be going through this. But the practical reality also, right, Matt, is it's not as if you're going to exit the company today anyways. It's not <laughs> as if Game On, you know, was in his third year of operation and, and kicking butt and you're ready to exit at a big multiple. It's, you're not there anyway. So you're not losing a whole lot of then it would be nice to feel better if the markets were better. But, you know, for you guys, I'm uh, I'm looking at, you know, a three-year horizon here where you guys really start accelerating and maybe are ready for an exit or just more accelerated growth. At least at that point, it's going to matter a lot more because you'll be exiting and you want a proper mark cap or you'll be acquiring, growing, and you want a better mark cap to use as currency, right? So practically speaking, it's not that hurtful to the company right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's is the, the biggest challenge is kind of, um, you know, ignoring that, continuing to build, doing what we're doing and getting the results. And uh, like we've already discussed, uh, once this is all over, there's going to be a hell of a lot less competition as well, because a lot of the, the competition will be weeded out and won't survive. So, uh, yeah, we're we're in a good spot. Very excited about the future. The team is as encouraged as ever. Uh, and, you know, stay tuned to our updates, especially the new product launches. So you can actually play around and, and touch and feel the product. Uh, Chibi Dinos is live gaming society kevin garnett's
0: um i was just about um, to ask you that i just wanted to that, ask that that right goes now. live t-
1: that goes live tomorrow as we're filming this so we'll be live by the time this uh this and, and
0: what are you guys doing with them so people know because you people are not gonna you, you're launching bet on women uh yeah, it's a game it's a bet- for gaming society the wnba what what is that
1: yeah so the wnba and, and gaming society want to you know that they're, they're uh, they want to democratize sports betting especially for the the female demographic and they provide content that helps you understand sports betting and learn about sports betting and get involved and make make bets. and uh where for them we're, we're rolling out our predictor product it's not web3 based uh where you'll be able to predict the wnba uh so it's a, it's an officially licensed wnba product there will be it's one of the products where we can use all of the logos, and we have the support and, and marketing uh, marketing push from the WNBA themselves. So you'll see you'll be able to go and make predictions and and win prizes um, on WNBA games. So that'll go live, and, and we'll be will be exciting.
0: And another example for everyone you know, if you haven't kind of for everyone at home, if you haven't picked up on this, uh, you know, this isn't a game for George Com. Who's George Com? This isn't this isn't something for Uh, you know, just anybody. These are pretty big names here. That means you've got great uh, recognition at the highest levels. You've got great trust because, you know, gaming society and the WNBA are two pretty big organizations that they've got to really trust their partners and they're not just throwing something at the wall, seeing if it sticks. So last question, what does all this say about your, your company's credibility and validation at the highest levels. I mean, we, we already talked about MX player last time, the last interview where you guys uh, had over 12 million predictions made in three months in India for cricket, you know, and now you've got, now you've got chibi dinos uh, Tatavi uh, and now you've got gaming society. Uh, What does it say about how the world looks at game on?
1: yeah and before i get into that i want to i want to say because i've seen some comments uh of people saying like you know don't don't sponsor the wnba don't sponsor the ncaa we're not sponsoring anything they're paying us so for anyone that is confused (laughs) around that we're not buying the rights to nba we're not or wnba we're not paying anyone to be able to do this they're always paying us every single partnership including the gaming society and wnba partnership are paying us in three ways, a setup fee, a license fee, and then revenue share every single one of those. So I just want to clarify that because I've seen some comments in the forums around that.
0: Yeah, then, yeah, our,
1: yeah. and then our, um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we have credibility, I think, first and foremost, because of our team, we've been able to have that credibility off the bat, even before we sold a single partnership, um, you know, my background at the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, As I mentioned, our former president comes from Grand Theft Auto, our advisory board and and the rest of our directors are are just stacked with, you know, Olympic background, FIFA background and and many, many more. We're invested in by Comcast and Polygon. So for that reason, we have instant credibility. And you know what, while you you see and, and, and see some pretty great partners there at the moment... We're going to get even more credibility once these products go live and people can touch and feel and play around with it and, and get to experience the product. So I think the best is yet to come there. And our Q3 and Q4 are going to be big for us.
0: Last question. Yes or no, but super critical because you're with the Brooklyn Nets, Matt. Question. Is Kevin Durant going to come to the Raptors? What do you think?
1: Well, I'm in Miami now. So I'm hoping he comes no. down here. <laughs> that's, that's my hope. So I think... And I think it was pretty disappointing watching the Nets last year or last season because they clearly weren't a team. Uh, they were. There's a saying that my old rugby coach used to say in Australia. It is a, a champion team is better than a team of champions and the Brooklyn Nets are just a team of champions. So I hope that he comes down to Miami because I'm here now, but um, I hope he ends up somewhere where he, where he has that champion team because he, I, I'm a big fan of KD.
0: Well, we'll have a we'll have a bragger's rights one of us in our next interview. But in the meantime, buddy, look, congratulations, got good bullet points. Q1 revenue astronomical growth. Q2 expectations for a mill. Q3, uh, uh, sorry, 2023 expectations for profitability. 2022 expectations for the million dollars. Uh, Chibi Dinos, Bet on Women, uh, Tatavi. It's amazing what you guys are accomplishing, and uh, and I can't wait to have you back on because it sounds like the phone is ringing over there and more and more. I, I get a feeling more and more deals like this are going to be coming your way.
1: Sounds good, George. I appreciate it. And let's do this again
0: soon. Very soon. Thanks, Matt. Congratulations. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by, pod, by, uh, by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform to Matt Bailey. He's CEO of Game On Entertainment Tech. Trades in Canada, the stock symbol G-E-T, get for friends in the US, G-M-E-T-F. For those new to the story, start your uh, due diligence by th- taking a look at company's profile page on Agoracom because there are a lot of moving parts here. We know that. A lot of new technology stuff that a lot of you haven't even gotten familiar with. So we give you a good layman's overview. And then once you're done with that, you got that foundational knowledge. Head over to the Game On website. Just click there through Agoracom and, uh, and do your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time.